Amen. Welcome again, Forrest. If we haven't met, I'd like to. So one of the things that you know about you need to know about my family is that we love picking fruit. We're kind of like suckers for it. So we have to be we have to be careful because every time we go to Green Bluff, I think we've got a picture here. Every time we go to Green Bluff, we end up feeling buckets, buckets and buckets. There's Bella, my daughter. It's hard to see there. That's that's one of a few bushels of apples we had one of the times we went there this summer. We come back, pounds and pounds of apples, and we make applesauce and have so much fun. We love picking. I, I, I especially like picking apples or any fruit that's just wild, you know, somewhere, random places. Like, there's a pear tree. Let's get pears. You know, any, whatever it is, I love picking fruit. And uh, I have so much fun with it. We, um, so when we think about doing that, picking that fruit as a family, it's just this gift. It's like just there. We just go, hey, we didn't earn it. We didn't plant it. We just get to enjoy it. Fruit. Such a sweet gift. Well, our pastor today talks about fruit and gives us a picture of fruit. And it's one that, that is uh, dangerously familiar, which sometimes can make us not be able to hear it very well. But it's one that has really transformed my life. And so I hope that as I share and we look at it together, that maybe God will use it to continue to move all of us in our journey with him. As we continue in this Alive in Jesus, looking at this new normal in the Gospel of John, we're going to be in John 15 today. John 15. Now, I always like it. I'm kind of a sucker for us uh, reading Scripture together. So I'm wondering if you will read. The Scripture will be on the screen for us here. We can read together this passage. Um, is that all right? Ah, yes, all right. Whew. I was nervous. Ready to go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. Thank you. Thanks be to God. I didn't warn you, it was kind of a long passage. (laughs) 
Thanks for hanging in there with me. We're not going to be able to unpack all of it, but I thought we could read it all together. And maybe later, as in your day, whatever, you might want to check it out and dive in a little more. This is a passage worth investing and, and spending time with. This starts, it starts in verse 1, where every good Bible reader should start. Focus on who God is. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my Father is the vine grower. Whenever we read the Bible, we, this is a, a principle that helps us always start with the question, what does it tell us about God? Not me first. What does it say about God first? The Bible is about God. And Jesus starts with saying, I am the true vine. This I am, remember these I am statements in John. I am the light. I am the resurrection. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. These are echoes of Exodus 3. Again, Jesus saying, I actually am the son of God. I am God in the flesh. I am God here. I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser, the farmer. So it starts with the source of who God is, who Jesus is, who's come to us. And then we see, we go to slide for this. We see what he's doing. Jesus is doing something. Got the slide, Jesse? Chris? Jesus is doing something. He's making the first move. Abide in me as I abide in you. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You see, God is the one in Jesus who's come to us, and he makes the first move. He makes the first move. He calls us forward. He chooses us. He invites us to, uh, he loves us first. He abides in us first. Some of you know that I, I studied engineering undergrad and, uh, and am proudly an engineer, even though I never worked in the engineering field. But one of the things about engineering and my, my kind of geekiness is I like, I like computer programming. You CSers out there? Some CS folks? Couple, okay, one or two. Hey, proudly. Hey, way to go. Uh, I, so we have a little, little bit of logic for us today, okay? A little, little if then. If this, then that. I, I like that kind of thing. It helps. It's if this, then that. We have some if thens, I think, we find in this passage today. We have five of them, all right? Five if-thens. And this is the first one. The first one is this. If Jesus has chosen us, then we can abide in him. If Jesus has chosen us, then we can abide in him. So he's making the first move. If he's chosen us, if he shares love with us, now we can abide in him. This is what I experienced. I wonder if you did when I was in your way. When I was a 14-year-old, had never gone to church, well, gone to church once in my life growing up, and someone on the football team invited me to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting. And I went and started hearing about Jesus for the first time. I was handed a Bible and started reading the Bible for the first time. And over that year, slowly, I, without me realizing it, Jesus was making himself known to me. And eventually I said, I think this is real. I think I need Jesus. I think I'm kind of a mess. And so I said yes to his yes to me. If Jesus has chosen us, then we can abide in him. Have you heard that yes from Jesus? Maybe you've been hearing it right now, and you say yes back. That's what abiding is. And there's a picture then Jesus gives us, this down-to-earth, concrete, organic picture, like he always does, make it easy for us to understand, this picture of a branch being connected to the vine. We have a picture here of what it looks like when somebody's grafted in. When a branch is grafted in, they, people do this, by the way, like, like, most apple trees, I didn't know this, but most apple trees are not, it's not like a gala apple tree or a honeycrisp apple tree. It's some other apple tree that they 
grafted in the Honeycrisp branches into. Roses too. It's wild. This is how they do it. But they graft it in. This grows and becomes and, and bears fruit. Well, this is the picture Jesus has for us. We are grafted in as he is abiding in us, that we abide in him, we're connected into him. And now from there, we see verse four and five. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in me. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. So second if-then statement. If Jesus is the vine, then the only path to life and fruit is abiding in him. We can keep that up for a sec, Jesse. Sticking with him. So abiding in him is the only way. It makes sense, right? Tree, branch, okay, goodness, life, sustenance, sap, good things happening. Cut off. Sad branch. Not working. It's obvious, right? It's clear. Jesus makes it so easy for us. If Jesus is the vine, he's the source of life and goodness. Only way that we can have that life and goodness flowing through us is by connecting to the vine. That's the only way. That's the way it looks like. Okay. But that's, this seems pretty straightforward so far. But the problem is that word abiding. What does abiding mean? What does it look like? What is a, this abiding? It's, it means making our home with, sticking with, being connected to. And this passage has some, some, some insights into what abiding is. Verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, or verse 9, abide in my love. Or verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Jesus, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Keep that up for a sec, Jesse. When we abide in Jesus, he talks about his words abiding in us. His words, his words in the Gospels, his word in Scripture, God's word to us by his Spirit. His love, receiving his love and obeying his commandments. His words, his love, his commandments. So when I think about what it looks like to abide and what it looks like, I think, I said, well, yeah, kind of just be a good, you know, be a good person, kind of hang around. That's not what Jesus is saying. Connect with me. Listen to my words. Get in the scripture. Receive my love and obey my commandments. Obey my commandments. Well, what are his commandments? I think when I was growing up, and for many years in my faith, and my, that journey after I became a Christian as a 14-year-old, I, I, I felt like the obeying his commandments was, well, okay, don't, don't drink, don't smoke, don't sleep, don't sleep around, uh, don't cuss. Uh, okay, good, I'm obeying his commandments. Maybe add in there, like, invite, invite some friends to youth group. And like, okay, check them all. I'm good. I'm abiding. But that's not what Jesus says abiding is. He says the commandments are. The commandments are something different. So, but he says first, if you obey the commandments, you abide in him. So we just got to figure out what the, what's the commandment so I can abide in him. Verse 12. This is my commandment. Jesus gives it to us. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Make it clear for us. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
And in verse 17, I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. So what's the commandment? Love. Love one another. This is what it looks like to obey Jesus, to love one another. Another if then. If we love one another, then we are obeying the command of Jesus. Pretty simple. In theory, <laughs> right? <laughs> simple idea. But just like our choice to abide, Jesus abides in us, but we have to choose to abide in him. Same with his choice to obey. If, if, if we don't get to, it just doesn't just happen. We have to choose to obey, to actually love, express this love in obedience. So I have this picture that's been really helpful for me as I've looked at this passage. It all starts with abiding. It starts with abiding. That's where it starts. It's connecting with Jesus. That's the only place where life, all these things happen. And to abide, though, Jesus says, well, you need to obey. How do you abide? By obeying and listening to his words and, and, and receiving his love. Well, how do you obey? Well, by loving. How do you love? Well, only because he loved us first. What does love look like? Well, it's obedience to him. How could you possibly obey? Well, because I'm abiding. And so this circle goes in and out, abiding, obeying, loving, all starting with abiding, but back and forth, abiding, obeying, loving, abiding, obeying, loving. This is a picture of John 15 of the Christian life, abiding in Jesus. But you see, this is more than just my, my don't drink, don't smoke, don't sleep around, maybe invite someone to a youth group. There's something bigger than that. There's something bigger happening here. It's not just about me and Jesus. There's, remember Jesus' great commandment to love God and love your who else? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So somehow, this love part has to be something about loving my neighbor. And so, how do I love my neighbor? That happens lots of ways, right? It can happen with our neighbor, our literal neighbor, our, our roommate, our physical house next door. Happen with our neighbor sitting in here in this room. How do we love our neighbors? It happens too as we think about, as we think about uh, our world and where Nate Viney is at this, the UN conference. How do we love our neighbors around the world by caring about God's creation and taking care of it and stewarding it in a way that doesn't, doesn't cause harm and hurt to those around the world? And we can love our neighbor. Another example is thinking about racial justice. Jamar Tisby, who we're going to introduce in a minute here, he just walked in. Uh, we're gonna, he, he says in this book, in his book, talking about the ways that it, sometimes Christians are afraid of being too political about race and racial justice or getting too caught up in ideological, you know, potholes. If we don't actually love our neighbor, quotes Pastor Micah Edmondson, you cannot love your neighbor while supporting or accepting systems that crush, exploit, and dehumanize them. The reason we seek racial justice as Christians is because we care about loving our neighbor. Because we love our neighbor as we abide in Jesus and obey his commands. It's not a separate thing out there. It's that as we abide and obey love, we actually have to care about the systems and, and uh, structures that dehumanize others and tell people because they have darker skin, they're less than human. That is something that we should hate because it's sinful and wrong. Abide, obey, love. But sometimes you get those commandments, but I love it, and it gets hard, it's messy, and this world's so messed up, and how do I do it? And, but Jesus says something else in verse 11. 
I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you. I think we have a slide for this. And your joy may be complete. Abide obeying loving. It's not a burden. It actually brings joy. Jesus' joy in us. Jesus' joy flowing through us and around us and out of us. There's joy as we abide, obey, and love. See, Jesus invites us to a joyful relationship with him that transforms both our private and our public life. Next slide, Jesse. Jesus invites us to a joyful relationship with him that transforms both our private and our public life. See, my, my private relationship with God doesn't stay there because as I abide in Jesus, he calls me to obey, which means I have to love publicly, act publicly in ways that show that love overflowing through me. The last thing, Banji can come up. As this happens, as we go about this, this life, the question is, how, how does this happen? How does the branch bear fruit? You know what it does? It just hangs on to that vine. Hangs on. It hangs on. And you know what happens? Fruit happens. Fruit happens, y'all. We don't make it. We don't produce it. We don't get our, oh, I'm going to get some apple. Give me an apple. Give me an apple. Uh, apple. We connect to that vine. In our connecting, we obey. In our obedience, we love. And fruit happens. And it's slow. My life, it's been slow. Maybe you're a lot faster than me, but I'm slow. I'm slow to learn, slow to learn to love, slow to understand the brokenness of our world, the racial injustice that I, I am a part of, and I want to fight. I'm slow to learn about God's creation, but I, I'm taking steps. And maybe you are too. And that's God's spirit in us, making fruit happen as we abide in him. Let's sing together to this, God. You can stand.